0: Welcome back to the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Gruby, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and guy who never checks his radiator tubes. Oh, definitely Alex Dandino. That's Alex Dandino. All right, people, before we begin uh, this exciting new curation, a little business, it's official. We're on Patreon, that's right, patreon.com slash Film Alchemist Pod. The best way to help us grow the show, the best way to support the show, but also the best way to get the most out of the show. We have an ever growing Patreon exclusive library over there. If you're one of our patrons, you actually get a vote on what goes in that library every month, uh, so you can start making the show more of what you want. We have a mini series, Tales from the Crypt mini series, and some others on the way. Feature length commentaries. Uh, you can even get us to record a double feature for you of your pick. Uh, so we work really hard over there to try to make that worth everyone's time. And while we support or, uh, we appreciate the support, I should say. So thank you for everyone who does support us. Thank you. If you're about to as well. Uh, the YouTube is film alchemist. See the faces. I'm back to mustache. Uh, so hide your ladies. Hide any any ladies Yikes. in your uh, vicinity when you watch. Yeah. Uh, or men's. I just hide anyone. The mustache is a power power tool. Uh, the film alchemist. Uh, have an email. We have an email, pod at gmail.com. You can find us on all the socials you're on. Share, retweet, all that good stuff helps us out. You can also make sure to leave ratings and reviews everywhere and anywhere you find podcasts. The new thing we're asking people to do, help us out. If you have a friend who loves movies, send them an episode, DM them, text them, right? Listen to it with them when you have them trapped in your car, whatever. Play an episode and we'll take it from there. And become their new best friends, too. Uh, that's something you can do for free that helps us out. We're going to Ponzi scheme this thing to the next stratosphere. All right. Enough of that. We are excited about this curation. Actually, this one has been a long time coming. So this month, we decided to pod talk Spielberg, right? Uh, if you are my age, even probably Alex's age,
1: Spielberg. We're not that has- far apart in age. You make it We're seem, old enough apart. You make it seem like we are light years apart. We're not.
0: I am Mr. Miyagi. You are Ralph Macchio. No,
1: but keep going.
0: I am training you to wax on and wax off. Clearly, it's not taking. That's why.
1: Just keep going. <laughs> finish. Finish your bit. Let's do
0: it. All right. Before I was so rudely interrupted by this new young generation. <laughs> we decided we would talk Spielberg. If you're our age. More my age, but also Alex's. Uh, Steven Spielberg had an almost genetic level altering effect on your child. Some of my all-time favorite movies, Steven Spielberg made, Steven Spielberg produced, had a hand in. Uh, it's become a new thing, too, that we've realized on film Twitter to kind of flame Spielberg, right? The overrated horn is beginning to uh, blow, all this kind of stuff. If you don't love and respect Steven Spielberg, I have less time for you than most other people. I think he is, bar none, one of the greatest film directors who's ever lived. I enjoy what Steven Spielberg does so much that I'm glad we're actually going to get to it. So we thought it'd be fun today to start with Steven Spielberg's Duel. Alex, had you seen Duel before? Opening thoughts on Duel.
1: No, I hadn't actually. I had only known of it. It was a movie of the week written by Richard Matheson, and those are the only things I knew about it. The great Richard Matheson,
0: yeah. Yeah, no, it's a it's a cool movie because a lot of the kind of gusto of Steven Spielberg's filmmaking style, you can see some of the roots of it in here, right? Because, ostensibly, this is two cars driving at less than 100 miles an hour after each other, right? Right. Feels like the kind of thing that would get really boring really fast. But there's some real fucking gusto to this movie, right? I love the the visuals of this film, right? I love the the visuals of the car chases. I love when we decide to bring the camera right in on our uh main character's face as he's beginning to kind of freak out and lose his mind in this this empty desert landscape. And again, this this movie it kind of harkens as I watch it. It's like it's kind of the prototype for Jaws. Right? This this supernatural truck almost just hunting down this guy right this giant larger than life uh monster film and so i i fucking i love this movie and i'm actually stunned by what they're able to do because this feels like a movie within 10 minutes you're like i would be uninterested in but it is so fucking captivating once you start watching it yeah it's hard to look away i mean i think that's just it's the power of spielberg
1: even that that young even at even at that early in his career, I think he just
0: knew. Well if you saw the Fable he was essentially the Neo of filmmaking.
1: <laughs> yes, that is uh accurate and true. And Tony Kushner knows it, so that's why he writes four hour epics for uh Steven Spielberg to direct. No. Um I think what's interesting. I'm glad we're doing this month because, like, I, you know, we always try to pick a director every year. Like, I think we did. Did we do Del Toro last year?
0: Del Toro last year. Like, yeah.
1: you know, we always try to pick a director every year to do. And I think it's fun to do Spielberg because when you're in film school, you always have to go through however long it lasts. I think mine mine lasted probably two months. Um, you always go through a phase in film school where you think Spielberg sucks. There's no way around it. Like, you have to go through it. Everyone has it. It's fine, but you have to have that moment where, like, you think that what he does is commercial and overrated. And then, right, you go back out, he's
0: not making serious art, right?
1: And then you go back out to live your life, and you're like, What the fuck was I thinking? Like, it, like, you breathe and you think about it for a moment, and you're like, Oh, wait, no, this is literally one of the greatest filmmakers who ever existed. So,
0: Yeah, I never had a I didn't like Spielberg phase, but I had a I had a point where I was like, oh, he's not going to make movies for me. Right. There's a like when you get to like War Horse and shit like that. I'm like, oh, now he's only making like old uncle movies. (laughs)
1: That's a good way to
0: put it. So I was like, now our parts will will just will go a different way. For
1: me, it was right after I got out of film school or I can't remember it was around the time Munich came out. Where I was like, I don't think I fucking love Munich. I don't. I was like, I don't think Spielberg's for me. He's probably not the guy that I like. He's not the filmmaker that I'm like obsessed with. And then I saw Munich. I'm like, what the fuck was I thinking? Munich is awesome, and so is Steven Spielberg. And yeah, I do not think there's a single person alive. Actually, I would say even like not even people like from our childhood, like like adults who just watched his movies. I think everybody's lives are somehow. Touched by Steven Spielberg in a way that you can't really necessarily fathom, but all of us have this like cultural indoctrination of Steven Spielberg's movies somewhere in our lives. There are things about. Well, he he's
0: made a couple movies that are so fucking yeah. wide spanning. And that's the cult. thing is like, Just between Jaws E.T., and E.T. Jurassic and Jurassic Park. Park. Like some of these movies. They fucking really like, have reach. It
1: changes the fabric of it changes the fabric of culture sometimes when he makes movies. Yeah. And that's pretty Yeah.
0: Not many directors do that. Pretty, no, mu- pretty well, what much. What happens no is with when, <laughs> when you're a younger man, you're looking for these guys to have all this fucking pizzazz, yeah. right? It's so like I remember loving Spielberg and George Lucas, obviously. Those are like big guys in my childhood. Mm-hmm. Then as I got older, right, you start finding, like, Kubrick. Yeah. You start finding David Lynch. You're like, oh, there's something extra here. This will make me different. Yeah. These are movies that a lot of my peers weren't watching, so it made me feel special. Uh, or like, oh, look at all these extra meanings, right? Spielberg always feels very kind of surface familial Americana to me, right? right? Like, one of his great powers, we'll talk about in E.T., which we are going to do, is just that taking us into, like, a family home that felt like a family home we knew. Right. So there was something about those extra arty films, right? And then we start getting guys like Arnofsky and, you know, these guys of my, my film school era. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, these guys have that extra thing that Spielberg doesn't understand. And I think it's one of those as you get older and you go back and watch his early movies. Like, even, especially Duel is a great example of this. What looks like such a fucking basic concept. Mm-hmm. He really finds these ways to pull so much more out of it visually. I think what you
1: what you get from Duel and this is like a really fascinating thing is Spielberg's first go around at being a like it's his first directing move. It's his move it's a movie of the week no one is expecting much from it. And I think that's like okay. the secret
0: I think he had done a little TV and then this was like his A little his step bit. Up.
1: This was his first like feature. And like I think the first TV thing he did was like one of the he was, did an episode of uh, what was it was it wasn't like it was like the it was like that uh, it was one of the anthology series they put out in the eighties I think seventies or eighties I don't remember but either way seventies yeah um, Duel is this fascinating thing where it's written by Richard Matheson so like it has this Twilight Zone pedigree and it does kind of feel like a long Twilight Zone episode which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. But in the hands of Spielberg, it becomes like an actual movie. It's really fascinating to watch because those movies of the week—I don't know if you remember those. Like I only watched. Fucking the, love
0: that, dude! I watched. I grew the, up on those kind of movies.
1: I watched a lot of those in like when I was home from, sick from school and stuff like that because my mom would watch them. So
0: they were kind of like this, like lifetime movies before lifetime movies. Oh, that's exactly what they are. Like like an archaic lifetime kind of yeah, thing like, but some of them yeah some, it was real like cheating husbands yeah, like gonna some, kill someone like a lot of that shit we watched all. Yeah, the but some
1: side. reasonably tacky plot that just like turned into like oh wow well, yeah, yeah okay cool it's fun
0: oh, i it was like the pulp novels kind of being pillaged for ideas yeah. that you could make just palatable enough for me and my mom right for.
1: exactly so like if you see but duel is doing this complete like the duel's one of those things i feel like if someone was watching and expecting what we're talking about like oh. I did not like that. And that would be like the end of the story. Like, that's like sort of the bit. So, but when we watch it now, and especially you watch it as like Steven Spielberg's first feature length movie, it's a real movie. Like, it's really fascinating because it really does take on this otherworldly, it's such a, because again, I I, I could not, between, but besides the Spielbergness of it, I really couldn't break away from how I was just like, this is like a
0: really long twilight zone episode. Like it felt yeah, like that. there's because it, it doesn't feel like, I feel like if you showed this to someone who had no concept of what it was, you wouldn't peg it as a Spielberg movie immediately. No, there are some things like I weirdly, I thought the score was very reminiscent of a Spielberg movie.
1: Right? Yeah, that makes sense.
0: There were some things I saw and I was like, all right, But I think what it is, is he he finds ways to make mundane themes feel cinematic. Yeah. Right. So I think that's like one of those, like even as a very young director who doesn't probably have his full fucking like force yet. Mm -hmm. You can see the choices are just interesting. Yeah. You can see the choices are made for a film, not a made for TV film. Yeah. Right. There's some real kind of art going on. Yeah. But I think what's fun, right? Is because it does take on this law. Lo- I mean, that's kind of the Twilight Zone thing to me is it's it's one of those like, what if the rules of society stopped existing? Mm-hmm. Right. So you just have this fucking square driving around and all of a sudden this fucking truck for literally no reason. Right. They kind of pass each other once or twice. Right. Like a classic like dad angry in the car like this. motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. They start passing each other and that's it. That's it. And then it is this constant series of escalations. Right. Where this one man just decides me or him are dying today or both. Yeah. And I love the way because the the desert becomes this very isolating environment. mm -hmm. So even as we see other people in diners or other cars, Spielberg always keeps this guy so fucking alone and isolated. Right. Whether it's him telling the attendant who's like, hey, you need a radiator hose. He's like, yeah, right. This fucking upselling bitch. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> right or it's the lady with like the snake farm or he walks into the diner after he smashed the fence so everyone already thinks he's a fucking crazy guy yeah, yeah and he's wearing a tie he's not dressed like a fucking you know southwesterner so there's always something that keeps him at fucking bay right and the only time we see him have any like kind of oh he has human contact is the school bus driver but then he's worried about these asshole kids getting run over right so it it really becomes this if the rules no longer apply, what do you do? And it is, it's funny because I remember, I can't remember if it was in the Spielberg documentary or, because they have one on HBO. Now we're going to be The Max. Uh, as if the say by the Bell kids will hang out there. By the way, fuck, eight, fuck The Max. Yes. Fuck correct. that app. Neither here nor there. Ultimate ad free my balls. Uh, <laughs> The Max is already going to have been a thing for a while by the time this comes out. So we just sound retro- retrospectively angry. I can't even remember what I was saying. I was so fucking mad about HBO Max. It's stupid. <laughs> it's a fucking stupid idea for an ad. Yeah. But anyways, neither here nor there. Either way,
1: I, I think what's. It, hey, like for me watching it, what's the unique and you've been out here long enough. You You were out here long enough to know. It is like the proliferation of like anything you'd ever want to have happen is like, oh man, how badly would you want just like honking your horn at someone mildly to just
0: escalate
1: to the point where you're like, oh, I'm gonna fucking kill this guy now, like there is oh a- yeah,
0: this is like lonely falling down, yeah this is
1: the this is the proliferation of road rage that all of us sort of like half dream of or like think might happen, but this is also why this is funny, I actually it gave me it gave me this uh I had a really terrifying road rage incident uh, like days after Henry was born. And this is what it reminded me of it because I, Andrea, Andrea after, after Henry was uh, premature. So Andrea had to stay in the hospital a little longer. She had a couple of complications. So the day she was coming home, I was like, Hey, what do you want to eat? She's like, I could really use like a nice like cheeseburger. I'm like, okay, cool. So I went to, I went, I drove down to get a cheeseburger for her. And this guy was Supposed to turn into in front of me. He was supposed to turn right into this uh, parking lot, and he just wasn't turning. So I, you know, I was just like, I was in. A, I wanted to get. I wanted to get this food. I wanted to get it hot back. So I went back to Andrea. So I did the thing you're really not supposed to do. I laid on my horn like an asshole. And you son of a bitch. The guy turned. I'm like, great, cool. I'm driving down the road, and I hear tires squealing behind me come rocketing <laughs> down the road. And I'm like, I'm, on, I'm on Ventura, and in the valley, it's a pretty mild street. Like, it's a busy street, but it's pretty mild. Rocketing down towards me. I'm like, holy shit. And
0: He's i have got to put your dick in the I'm dirt. like,
1: oh my god, that's the guy. So he gets into the median lane, pulls up right next to me, and cuts me off on the road. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? So I try to pull over off to the side. He tries to cut me off again to not pull off to the side. I'm like, what the fuck is happening finally i pull all the way over i sit in my car for a second i'm like oh, do i just get out and this guy's already yeah, getting this guy's already getting out uh so he gets out of the car i get i walk, get out of my car and i'm like yes And he's like i should fucking shoot you in the head and i'm like what What? why and he's like you don't you don't fucking think you don't fucking think you lay on your horn like that you fucking asshole i'm like Man, my wife's been in the hospital. I'm having a bad day. I'm sorry. He's like, "Oh yeah, you're having a bad day. That's my whole fucking life, bro. I should fucking blow your <laughs> I blow your fucking head off." He walks back to his car and opens his passenger side door. I'm like, "Oh my god, this guy's gonna put a gun to my head." And then he also opens up his um he also opens up his um uh, back seat doors. He's driving like a suburban, and he has two uh two car seats in there and i'm like are you telling me that you have children but they're not here right now i don't understand what's, like i did not understand that's
0: why he was so fucking ready to fight to the death and so, I was just yes, like, and
1: so i was like oh hey we have the same uh same car seats that's cool and he's like you have you have a fucking bad day every day of my fucking life's a bad day who the fuck do you think you are i'm like dude i just want to go like i don't want to deal with this right now and he's like that's right that's right get the fuck out of here and i'm like All right, I'll talk to you later, buddy. (laughs) I got back in my car, drove away. Weirdest thing I've ever had happen to me in Los Angeles. Bar none. Never had anyone threaten to shoot me in the head just for laying on my horn. But important lesson learned, I don't honk at anybody anymore.
0: Uh, Oh, I fucking honk like crazy. Dude, I have all kinds of road rage issues. I I just don't. They're not normally me, but I get them directed at me. I'll never, the, the one that I was totally at fault to. So, me and my friends used to do this thing. We lived in the country. <laughs> and, you know, it's Indiana. So, there's, yeah, like, yeah. these two-lane roads, right? So, these fucking two-lane roads, where you're going pretty fast. And I don't know why me and my friends thought this was a good idea. As an older man, I am horrified at my behavior. Right. So you're like, we could have fucking killed someone. Sure. Everyone has. Right? Like, us. we were so fucking stupid. Yeah. But we used to go to the fucking, like, local little pizza place. We lived in a small, small one-stop-by-town. And we get... All these orders of breadsticks, right? And get all these extra like cups of cheese, right? Those little fucking dipping cups. And we'd be going like 60, 70 down this fucking like 50 mile per hour, like two lane highway in the country. And if a car was coming opposite of us, one of us would lean out of the back window and fucking throw the cheese so it would explode all over their windshield, right? Oh my God. (laughs) And you think it's fucking hilarious, right? We grew up watching Jackass and we're like, oh, we'll do pranks, like whatever. Never in my wildest dreams did I be like, I could cause someone to drive off the road and fucking die. Right. And, like, what if that person had kids? What if that person was, like, an elderly grandma driving her kids home and cheese blows up on her car and because of her old reflexes, she dies. And the kids die. Like, it never crossed our minds we could do any harm. Right. So, one time, we fucking drill this dude with cheese. We just hear, and he does, like, a fucking Fast and the Furious (laughs) burn. Like a U-turn. We're in my friend's mother's van. Like this old piece of shit, van, And so I was like, "What?" my buddy's like, what do I do? And I was like, just fucking, you know, let him get close. So I'm fucking whipping everything in the car at him. I mean, I fucking was throwing everything. I threw like a fucking ice scraper. And so this guy is fucking pissed. And my plan was, I was like, he's like, what do I do? And I go, drive super slow. And he goes, what? And I go, drive so slow that he gets so bored that he'll stop ball. That was my great plan. Right, because I was so stupid. I This was before I realized he could have just written down our license plate's number and, like, called the cops. Yeah, yeah. But clearly, this guy was a fucking moron, too. And so he followed us. I'm fucking not exaggerating. An hour and 15 minutes of driving 20 miles an hour down back country road, going as <laughs> slow as we can. He's fucking honking. We're, like, flipping him off and fucking throwing shit at him. And this went on for so long until finally he just fucking, like changed directions he was so mad he probably had somewhere he had to be but it, it's one of those things you don't think about and that's what i thought was funny in this car co- this movie right is the guy's like oh you think you can just turn your truck into a weapon yeah and it doesn't dawn on us how we let young fucking idiot people and then even older people are fucking morons right yeah, like, yeah. there are guys who get like those like i have a small dick cars and they just fucking burn it through my neighborhood all the time like they're, they're not worried all about the time. Burning, running down a kid and I was like, we just let people, I think the average populace is so fucking dumb and immature and irresponsible. And we let people drive these fucking small missiles. Yes. Right. And like, I was so fucking stupid as a kid. It never dawned on me. I could kill someone and my life as I knew it would be over because I threw a cheese cup and killed someone. Right. It's I think there's so much like we have so much irresponsibility and then everyone gets so fucking mad because everyone's so selfish. I got to be where I want to be right now. Right. We have this all the fucking time when I'm out there. Right. I'm guilty of it, too. Yeah, it is fucking insane. And this movie does this great job of like, yeah, these are murder weapons. I remember what I was saying about HBO Max. Sorry, the Max. I don't want to get fucking yelled at. Uh, But they have that Spielberg documentary, which is great. And I think it's in that documentary where George Lucas talks about he was at, like, a big Hollywood party. And someone told him, like, hey, there's this, you know, cool movie on TV. And he's like, what? And he went in. He found this, like, small, quiet, like, den or whatever in the middle of this Hollywood party. And he said he started watching it, and he couldn't leave the room until he had finished it. And it was Steven Spielberg's Duel. So I thought that was a cool story.
1: I mean, yeah. But, yeah. I think what's interesting about Duel, and this is, like, this is the thing that I actually really loved about it because it, this truck drivers unseen like the entire time, short of like some boots and a couple of arms.
0: We see a hand, we hear a voice at one point, right? But essentially but it's it's a
1: nondescript, just random. Like, so to me, what's fascinating because of that, there's this omniscience to the it's, there's this omniscience. It's this unknowable, it's this unseeable, unknowable force uh, like, it's just this truck. What, transcends the movie past like movie of the week or like what we're talking about, like this Hallmark channel shit, lifetime movie thing is that, that alone provides the subtext of what we're talking about, which like we beach have, we both have these collective strange road rage instances with people who are just like out to get us. Like that's the thing that connects with people is that it transcends this It transcends this one-to-one ratio of, like, oh, I see a thing, I know a thing. The subtext of, like, the, the, you can start assigning subtext when you don't have just, like, a guy in a truck. It's not two guys against right. each other. The, it's literally a guy versus becomes, himself.
0: Yeah, the truck becomes this supernatural predatory force, right? Right. Because the movie kind of rests on there's this fucking, you know, square. I think he's a salesman, right? He's a salesman, yeah. He's got his little button-up shirt, his little tie. He's fucking condescending to the gas station guy. He goes in like he's like, "I think we need to talk to her wife." And she's yeah, clearly like, not a yeah, great dude, husband. This, this. He said the wife says this guy pretty much tried to rape me in front of the whole party last yeah. night. And he's like, "Oh, calm down, like cool your tits." It's like,
1: "Whoa, what?" Yeah. That what? I was like, so immediately whoa.
0: we're just like, "This guy is a fucking douche of the highest order, yeah. right?" Yeah. But you're putting him in this where now he's in this situation where he's like the city folk versus the country folk, right? And we just watch this guy that we're, it's so strange. Cause like, we're not rooting for him, <laughs> nor do we want to identify with him. Yeah. And I don't know if this is something that's aged differently. right? like maybe in the seventies, everyone saw him. And they're like, that's a cool square jaw guy. I saw him and I was like, look at this fucking doofus, yeah. this fucking pussy moron. Right. Like I had no interest in like identifying with that guy. And so the movie's asking us this whole time, like, you have to root for this guy to survive, even though you don't want to in any way. Yeah. Like, there was a small part of me. It's like, so what? He gets run off the road. Like, we just have one less douche in the world. Yeah. Now we have a murdering truck driver. That's not good either, right? So it is kind of like, can they bring each other down, right? Like Van Helsing and uh, Dracula and Monster Squad. Yeah, yeah. Can they drag each other into the nethers? Um, But it's this really mm. great place for a setup, right? And I love the slow... Escalations. i think that's the other thing right because yeah the truck the truck becoming omniscient right i think is really important i don't don't know if omniscient's the right word but this kind of i
1: think i think that's exactly ever present it It
0: is part of right it's an it's an ever-present supernatural it's almost like yeah this predator like forms out of the landscape right like tremors almost and i I was like, I don't know, is this like a thing about like consumer culture, right? Like I'll tell the you, fucking gas gasoline culture, so the gasoline trucks killing people. It didn't matter because eventually it just became the desert itself was trying to kill yeah. this
1: guy. Well, I'll tell you what I I'll tell you what I thought because after he had that phone call where he pretty much apparently raped people in front of some raped
0: a woman in no, front no, no, of no. Him, so. his wife got accosted by another oh, man, right. Sorry, his neighbor, and he's just like,
1: oh so What? After he has that conversation, I'm like, oh, is this guy just like trying to run kind of run away from is the bit is that he's trying to like run away from his problems. Like to me, because it was like a Matheson story, too, I was like, are we going to get to the end and find out this truck isn't real? And he like runs himself off the road. Like it was like there was a part of me that I'm like, are we going to get to the end? And this truck is literally like in his mind. And this is like all his problems mm-hmm. barreling towards him. Like I'm like, which was cool, too. And honestly, it still works regardless. But, like, that was my initial thought is now the truck is not necessarily just a truck that's, like, annoying him. It's this, you know, combination of all these things in his life that are bothering him. It's all this stuff that, like, he has. He seems to be almost powerless against. And it's not like he's, like, you know... He's the one who brushes off this woman, his wife, literally getting raped by a neighbor. So, like, right. not a great there guy. There is
0: this, but but there, he, he's just a fucking like weasel of a man, right, right. And so there's these, these times, right, like as things start to bump, right, the the trucker bumps him, yeah. Things are happening, right. He's and also just like the basics of why can your car not smoke this truck, right? And he's like, oh, how's it going so fast? It gives it this extra layer. This like, how does he just know where you are? Yeah. Just start taking weird roads. Like, you'll lose them. But there is this kind of supernatural tinge to it, right? Mm -hmm. But I love, like, great scenes, right? So you can't can't do the car chase thing for a movie. It would get so fucking boring that we wouldn't even, especially this guy we don't care to and we don't really empathize with, right? Right. I guess on some level, you don't want to be, like, in your day-to-day, like, square life and think, like, a trucker's going to kill you. Yeah. But other than that, there's, like, no real empathy formed with him, right? So I think it's even more impressive what the movie does. But they give us scenes, right? Like, he goes into this place. He's he's having a piss. He just smashed a fence. He's like, all right, it's over. He's like, you just think, you know, because this is the one bad choice of the movie, right? Is He's in the bathroom, and this voiceover starts, and I didn't know what it was. I thought it was someone in the stall talking to him. I'm just like, wow, like really pointed, like, this guy's also having a bad day he's like, you're just out there, and the cords you think are holding you up cut you down, you're back in the jungle. But that's all right, it's over. Um, and then you're like, oh, it's a shitty voiceover. Yeah. He goes and he orders, like, a cheese sandwich and wants ketchup, like, weird shit. Like, again, you're like, ew, this guy sucks. But he's just watching, right? And he sees the truck. So now he's, like, scared. And he's doing this, what do I do? Right. And he's looking at everyone in the diner, right? This camera move that's beautiful. It pans across the diner. All their faces are out of focus, right? Because we're focusing on him behind them. And he's like, do I see the boots? Do I see, oh, a lot of them have boots. Do I see this? In those moments of him panicking and trying to figure out, I was like, why didn't I leave? That's the one thing about this movie that brings it down a little bit for me is the voiceovers. That's the... It's such a confidently directed film. Just fucking follow your nose. Like Those visuals are plenty. We don't need him going, maybe that's the guy. We know he's thinking, is this the guy? We are, you've done the visual work to set it up. That reeked of like studio interference.
1: That's what I was going to say. It's it all yeah. yeah. Same, I think it's just it's one of those things like these so I read that it's uh it was shot in 13 days and cut in 10 for broadcast.
0: That's incredible, which is
1: pretty insane. I mean, granted if that's the pace.
0: Especially that especially the edit. Yeah. Like this edit is fucking sharp, razor sharp. If
1: the yeah, like if you cut the, if I did not know that's how quickly movies of the week got cut. So like I thought literally it just was a movie of the week. Like you just had it in the back catalog. So that's pretty impressive. But yeah, that feels like a studio. notice. like, we don't really know what this guy's thinking. Can you please put some stuff in there that just says like, Oh, it's this guys. Like, yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, whatever. Like that's, and you know Spielberg, and early enough his career has like no power over anything, so he's just like, yeah, sure, whatever you want, like pay me. He's a guy delivering a job, yeah. which again, right? He's doing his job, and like Spielberg is obviously a competent enough director, Selling at, at his
0: job. Yeah, doing backflips. Yeah,
1: <laughs> but you know, th- you have to pick your battles, and I'm sure that was one of them where he's like, I'm not going to win this one, but I get to at least edit this thing so that it's awesome. I'll throw on some shit. Yeah. I'll throw in some shitty VO just because.
0: Well, no, he picked his fights. Like, his big fight for this one, I remember him talking about, was at the end, they wanted the truck to blow up, right? This glorious exclamation point. Yeah. And he's like, I fought hard to kill this monster, is how he described it. He described the truck as a monster. And he said he wanted that shot of the oil leaking down and seeing the monster bleeding to death. Yeah. So he fought creatively hard, and he's like, I don't want the explosion. I want that oil shot. I think you could argue the slow death of that truck does almost nothing for me. Right? <laughs> At the end of the movie, when the cars crash, right, yeah. and it's a dust bowl, mm-hmm. I don't see the truck anymore. I'm like, movie's over. Yeah, I'm completely it. 100% checked out. But I like that he's like, this is important, and I'll fight for it. Sure. If you're going to fight, fight for something that's actually worth fighting about. True. I agree. And I think they saw... It's worth it. At that point, no one gives a fuck what's happening in that movie. Yeah. So, right? The executive is probably like, what does an explosion matter? Who fucking cares? Mm -hmm. And those shots of it dripping and the tires still spinning, they're beautiful. They're beautifully laid out. They just don't have any impact anymore. But I think it's fun to hear him talk about that was like his fight for the movie. Yeah. Is that I want to see this monster bleed instead of explode. And I think it gets to that, that Spielberg core. As that guy knows what to put on the screen. Yeah. Even if you have umbrage with other things, like he knows what to fucking show us mm-hmm. and why it matters that he shows us.
1: Yeah, I mean that's Right. And it's
0: nice to see that he had that from an early age. Because again, he's the chosen one of filmmaking. It's true.
1: And that is exactly why, you know it's why that last sequence is so cool, just overall. Like and I I yeah. agree. Like, I'll be honest with you, yeah, an explosion would also do like nothing for me. Like, it's one of those, like, to me, that's a bad punctuation, Mark. Like, that's like, ba- it's like, it, that's, that's bad
0: punctuating. Well, it's like they're exploding our mind, yeah. right? As it is, we sit and we're just like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Like, like we're actually sitting with him and pondering the whole, th- the, like, last two minutes of that movie. You're just going, what the fuck was that about? Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Why did that guy decide he was going to murder everyone? Yeah. Well they, like what was his day like? You're actually still kind of working in your brain well, whereas if you do an explosion that's it. Yeah.
1: I think that it's I think the slow the slow leak gives you that yeah, it gives you that sort of it's it's the walk away thought. Like it's or, that thing.
0: this guy was so excited he ran that car over that he nutted.
1: <laughs> sure. I'm
0: just asking questions. I'm just asking questions.
1: hope that guy's okay. That black nut looked real bad. Uh,
0: No, I'm saying that the the fucking uh, supernatural truck's like,
1: Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you're saying the truck is, see, like, that's what we're talking about. The truck is- I
0: think this was the first truck nut, (laughs) is what I think. Look, I think maybe the truck was like, I finally tapped the car. This is all I want. Before I go out, one more. (laughs) He died. That truck died the way we all hope we do in a with his belly covered in truck nuts. <laughs> now, we didn't see any humans. We don't care about that. I don't know. This was a romance. I don't know
1: what's in the truck, but I, I- do like
0: the idea that it's a story about like two Herbie style cars yeah. that just want to touch each other. <laughs> and these two white men like not letting that happen.
1: <laughs> that's exactly. What- I
0: have an appointment. God damn it. I'm gonna lose the account. You can't be in love. And
1: like the car winks and then they go and yeah. do the thing. Yeah.
0: I different kind of explosion, eh, Spielberg? Very crafty. <laughs>
1: Very sneaky. That's
0: a veteran trick you had in your bag as a rook. I like it.
1: <laughs> Wow. Way to fit sex into that one, Spielberg. Nicely done. Yeah. That's not
0: a thing we see often from
1: Spielberg movies, is sexiness. That's a uh, that's fun.
0: Well, no, because he filmed his mom and the guy having an affair, so he's he can't stop, have sexiness stop. anymore. I'm just saying what the Fablemans told me.
1: It is interesting to watch. I
0: do have to say, everyone loved the Fablemans. The propagandanness of that movie was kind of like, come on. Are we doing like a really self-reflective movie here, Spielberg? Yeah, like. You were just already this world-class filmmaker and all these little Boy Scouts were like, tugging their pud when you showed them your war movie <laughs> really
1: there is a little look here's the thing when you own i mean
0: do your victory lap you fucking exactly it.
1: like this is like what it is to me is like when i see the fablemans i'm like when you pretty much own hollywood you can write whatever yeah. fucking story you want for your for your origin yeah
0: and it- i mean he put fable right in the title yeah, like i get it i get it it's fine i get it but you know you're the little chosen one that's fine
1: you know, and then you cast.
0: You're Neo here to save us from all those boring movies of the week. That's fine. I mean,
1: and then you cast. Da- you know, you cast David Lynch as John Ford, and you let him do the David Lynch that thing. That was cool. Which was uh, which was that was, was fucking was,
0: cool. I'll, that was probably the best part. I'll of the say movie.
1: you. I'll say this. All two and a half hours of the movie leading up to that was made it pretty worth it. That was really fun.
0: Um, it's a fine movie. I'm not shitting on the movie. I'm just saying, I don't love. It's the same reason I don't like war movies that have like a propaganda rah-rah effect. This felt a little bit like Spielberg, like kind of twisting Again, the mythology a little bit. When you
1: can, when you rule, when you rule Hollywood, you really
0: put a harsh lens on his own mom. Real, not on himself. Really burned her, to, not on yourself. Really burned her to the ground. Stephen, Steven. hello, Steven. Steven. hello. Oh, you want to put your mom's affair on blast? But we got to know that you know, fucking. Motion cuts and techniques from an early age. Steven. (laughs) Steven, you knew how to do special effects while your mom was banging the neighbor. Steven. Hmm? Neither here nor there. Hello. (laughs) This is actually like my worst nightmare is that this, Steven Spielberg finally listens to an episode and it's this. This is the
1: episode. And he's like.
0: And then there's a world where Steven Spielberg's like, those two fucking pieces of shit. Those two fat whites are going to get absolutely. I think what this movie does, though, is again. It's a movie that should fucking run out of gas earlier in the 30
1: minutes in for sure.
0: Yeah, this like as a Twilight Zone episode, this makes perfect sense. How do they keep us engaged? But there is just these there are weird shots of like, why does he run after the truck multiple times? There's this I am a fucking middle class white guy. This can't be (laughs) happening. He runs after that truck. And I was like, what happens in your mind? You think you're going to fucking stop this truck, pull the guy out, and, like, beat him senseless? Like, what do you think's going to happen? Well, like... But there is this, like, he's just this American guy. He can't fucking fathom. Like that scene when he's in the the fucking bar, and he, like, slinks up to the one guy who's by himself, right? So he's not going to say that to the bar full of fucking, you know, boot-wearing guys. Right. He goes to that one guy eating a sandwich. He's like, hey, man, knock it off. And he fucking smacks the sandwich. There's a part in his mind. Where he feels he has big enough truck nuts, he can fucking smack this guy's sandwich.
1: Well see, and this is the part that I And
0: immediately gets his fucking ass kicked. This
1: is the thing but that... But he's still
0: running after the truck. He's still doing this like I will not be fucked with. And it's like right.
1: but you but are. But see, that's like what I that, that's the distinctly like American thing about it. Is you see someone who you think is your aggressor. So your immediate response is yeah. what I'm gonna do is confront it and i'm going to win by confronting it and that's not how life.
0: you think this guy's guy's trying to kill you yeah and you're gonna say knock it off and he's gonna go my bad oh
1: hey that one's on me that one's on me gay sorry about that
0: that's what i'm saying he's still living in his fucking like suburban mind yeah and he's out here as he said in the urinal in the terrible voiceover you're in the jungle now baby axel rose quoteth axel rose (laughs) you in the jungle baby And he just can't, and so that's what I like, is there is this real kind of, like, uncoupling the two worlds. Yeah. And we just start bringing it down. Like, there are these shots at the end where he's just, like, his car is spun sideways, he, like, drifts into a stop, or they're, like, nose to nose, and it's just these two fucking entities. Like, now we're fighting to the death. This is it. Now we're going to go for it. And I thought that part worked really well.
1: I mean, I think what's in, again, the strength of the movie to me is actually the viewer introspection and i think that's what really is
0: the viewer introspection what does that mean
1: i mean because there's not a lot of dialogue because a lot of this lives in you know just diegetic sound and stuff like that to me like you have to spend a lot of time thinking to yourself like put your putting yourself in the guy's shoes and not like yeah there's terrible voiceover whatever like that's like that's like movie of the week fodder but what, because there's not a lot of dialogue and because you're just sort of sitting there, like, with this look on your face, like, the whole time, like, this just, like, sort of dumbfounded, like, what is going on? What you have to do is start thinking about why and how and what is, go, what is going on. And, like, that starts yeah. generating... Why
0: would I lose it so bad I want right. to kill someone on the road? That's
1: what starts generating that subtextual conversation. And that's what makes that, again... That's what makes this movie different than other movies of the week and why Steven Spielberg is Steven Spielberg, because he knew that this movie, well, it was because it's a short story originally that Richard Matheson wrote. So what he knew was he has to take a movie and make it an hour and a half long. So how do you make this short story about a guy chasing a truck down? Interesting.
0: 40 minutes of driving. You still have another 40 minutes plus. Right.
1: How do you make this work? Uh,
0: yeah, this guy existing outside you of it. You do
1: country. what he, you do what Spielberg has done his entire career, which is you mystify an audience by simply forcing them to sort of like, kind of like, look at themselves in the mirror in a way, in a way, and say like, "What would I do?" Right? Like, well, you are making people wonder of how
0: they shot the chases, right? Like that pulls you in, yeah. Right? The beautiful script work of just what would you do if you were in a diner and you knew the guy that was trying to kill you was in there? Beautiful scene. Right? So you get these kind of like this perfect thing. I think what's really fun about Duel, and I think my biggest takeaway from Duel, is that it kind of makes me sad we'll never see Steven Spielberg do this work again. Yeah. Like he's ascended to such a level. The idea of watching Steven Spielberg make a really fucking small bullet of a movie. Mm -hmm. Right? Like just a small great premise that I'm going to execute the shit out of. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like my, my buddy Heath says this sometimes when we're working on short films where he's like, I want to take like one of your dumb scripts and shoot it to the point that it elevates. And I was like, ouch, that's offensive. But also, I agree. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. I know he's. But listening.
1: that's exactly what but I but love that's the way writers want, in my
0: opinion. I want to take something that should on the surface, if you pitched it, like told him, hey, here's this story. And they go, what? And he wants to shoot it so well that it becomes higher than what it should be. And I think that is what Spielberg did with this, and I just think it's sad we'll never see him make this kind of movie again.
1: It's sad, but like that's what makes he's watching too, this.
0: He's too fucking big.
1: It's just it's what makes watching this movie bittersweet because you realize like right. You also realize like
0: he, I would rather have ten of these than another Ready Player One. Well, the other thing you could probably do fifty of these well, for the besides cost that it though. Like the play.
1: other part, I, the other thing I think about is what's like what actually like makes me sort of wistful for it is. Spielberg did this and then, like, so quickly became the blockbuster man that we all know he is because he's Steven Spielberg. Like, he never really made, like, three indies and then got a shot. Like, he literally made this and then, I mean, what, Jaws? Like, what's the next movie?
0: We might have gone right to Jaws from like, this, if I remember right.
1: And we all know Jaws is this massive blockbuster
0: movie. Like, it's
1: just this. But, like...
0: Oh, I mean, like, one of the seminal movies of our life. Right.
1: It's weird to think that this is, like, the only quote-unquote indie that Spielberg ever made. I mean, granted, there are other indies he made. <laughs> but either way, like, this is the only, like, small movie he ever made. Everything else has become this huge thing. It's it's fascinating. and I, But I get what you're saying. Like, it's fascinating okay. and still sad.
0: So... Is I have it here. This can't be right. they said there's another. I've never even heard of this. A Steven Spielberg directed movie, Something Evil. I don't think I've ever even heard of that. Interesting. Okay. But yeah. So Jaws is like his first like big, big movie. Something. But yeah. This evil. doesn't even have dual listed on it. So there has to be something wrong.
1: Sugarland Express. That's the second movie. That's the next movie.
0: Sugarland Express. That's what I was missing. Yes. That's what it is. Okay. Okay. Oh, this has him as an actor. Holy shit. Okay, so I was looking at Steven Spielberg's actor list. My bad. <laughs> so I guess Steven Spielberg was in a movie called Something uh, Something Evil. So,
1: Duel, Sugarland Express, Jaws. Sugarland
0: Express. Closer,
1: Close Encounters, 1941, Raiders, E.T. Like, he never stopped.
0: Okay, he did direct Something Evil as well. Okay. Then Something Called Savage with martin landau what are these then so he had a couple he had two more what looked like movies of the week yeah yeah then he did jaws close encounters 1941 uh which i'm sure he would forget yes and then it's like then, then he, he just, just went, went on, on and a, fucking, went on like, the run. like that was it he went on the run yeah no he yeah. went hard honestly i would say jaws close encounters and 1941 raiders et twilight zone indiana jones color purple yeah. Amazing stories I've never heard of. Empire of the Sun, Indiana Jones, Hook. Like, he's been on a run, essentially, his whole career. like, he's never not. I think this is... Because you could also say reboot at Jurassic Park, right? Jurassic Park, Schindler's List, Lost World, Amistad, Saving Private Ryan... AI Minority Report. Like, he's never... Catchy, I
1: mean... This is, like... This is the thing, is he never... Even the movies that we're all like, no, oh, it's not my favorite Spielberg movie. Like, right. even, even those... Even when you get
0: to 1010, warhorse Lincoln, Bridge of Spies, like, who fucking cares about that? Even those... Or at least, I'm sure a lot of people but do. But, like, even
1: those are not bad movies. Like, this is, like... a They're great movies. This is a crazy thing, is, like... <laughs> in the pantheon of Spielberg movies, there's not a movie like... Well, that fucking – well, I mean, like, I guess maybe no. 1941 maybe. But, like, either way, it's like well, that was – Even
0: a, then, like – But even then, it's – All fun. right, he tried a he comedy. tried a comedy,
1: whatever. But you're like, wow, like, this guy never missed. It's a weird thing. He never well, even missed. even his
0: misses are pretty watchable. But yeah. if you look at, like, the grand career, 90 to – 80 to 90% of his movies are, like, beloved. Yeah,
1: Absolutely. One hundred percent. And then you
0: get your film hipsters that want to shit on him because he's a commercially successful director. It's
1: impo- like, again, everyone, ha- everybody in film school has to have like, it doesn't have to last a long time or it can last your entire career if you want. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Everyone has to go through that little phase where you're like, well, commercial Spielberg. I'm not really into that. I'm more of an art house guy. And then you get over it like and you're like, what was I thinking? Like, this is like this man is literally a master.
0: Oh, dude, I never liked E.T. I saw it in the theater last summer with my kids when it came back to theaters. Mm -hmm. I was fucking blown away by that. It's so good. Like he, He just makes these wonderful fucking tales. He knows what to put on the screen. He always shoots with gusto. He almost always has John Williams doing his score. Yeah. So I'm like, the guy just knows how to fucking get the crew, how to get the shot, how to get it on the screen. And how to normally do that in a really fucking efficient and amazing way. Yeah. It's hard. I mean, that's the thing. I just don't. I can't imagine what is the real argument that Steven Spielberg, even if he had just done like Jaws, Close Encounters, E.T., whatever. That would still be one of the best fucking directing careers that has ever happened. Like, how can you argue that this guy is not... I don't know if you do top 5 10 right maybe you have international I mean, directors you like a lot more maybe no, 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 stylistically no. Top th- the fact that you could say top 3 this man this guy is not an incredible director in the in the mouth maybe he doesn't make your flavor of movies that's fine that's fine but you how cannot deny how the fuck can you not have him as one of the best directors who's ever he with? is a he is a like
1: in the Mount Rushmore of directors like he chiseled his own face in there like there's no way you can't have him up there because he is incredible like it doesn't matter I mean internationally yeah, or would, not he
0: would probably be on mine he has to be. be him Kubrick Hitchcock probably Kurosawa for me I couldn't even tell you I couldn't even But tell that's you what I'm saying mine. but take away like top five tops whatever you cannot make an argument that he is not one of the greatest directors who's ever lived. Yeah. If stylistically and like emotionally, other like Kevin Smith meant way more to me than Steven Spielberg as a young man same. who decided I wanted to be a movie maker. Mm-hmm. I would not argue that he's a better filmmaker. Like, <laughs> I don't even think Kevin Smith about? would
1: argue that point, actually. Pretty ridiculous. I can tell you
0: for a fact, he wouldn't. He always argues that he's not a good director. Yes. But it doesn't matter because his movies meant a lot to me. Right, same. Those are mine now. I don't care what he thinks about them. Um, but neither here nor there. I thought this was a good one because, yeah, I was telling you I was on film Twitter one day, uh, much to my chagrin, and just realized that apparently Hook, everyone hates Hook.
1: Yeah, that's insane. That's like,
0: I fucking loved that movie when I was little. Same. I watched it with my kids. I still fucking love it. It is pretty fucking long. It's really long. But it's fun. But it's, it's great. great. It's got Robin Williams. Like, what the fuck? Like, Dustin Hoffman's crushing it. Anyways. I'm very excited to go through and just watch some Spielberg movies, Me too. man. That's how it's I feel be about that guy. I'm always excited to be like, we're going to watch them. And then, dude, we could do a whole other curation on just Steven Spielberg produced movies. Exactly. That are fucking great and kind of have a Spielbergian vibe, right? Then you get into Poltergeist. Zemeckis Directed movies. by Toby Hooper, right? Yeah, then you get into the Goonies. You get into all these fucking movies that kind of feel like they have some of that Steven Spielberg touch, even though other people directed right. them. And like, he just had a great career, man. There's, and it's still going. He was still nominated for Oscars this year.
1: Yes. So hopefully us saying he's one of the greatest filmmakers of all time. And if he listens to this one has made up for the fact that Griffey flamed him for the Fablements.
0: <laughs> there's no way Steven has made it to the end of this episode. First off. But I do think he is truly, like, one of he the is. great gifts Absolutely. that a movie lovers ever got.
1: There's no, That's g- it. no question.
0: That's it for Duel. That's not it for Steven Spielberg. Uh, we're going to live in this burg for a while more. For the rest of the month, awesome Patreon stuff coming on. Uh, so go to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod to help us uh, grow the show, help support the show, and get more awesome content. So thank you guys for doing that. The email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. The YouTube filmalchemistpod. Share these episodes with a friend. That'll help us out a lot. Do five-star ratings and reviews. More than anything, thank you guys for spending time with us this morning. Bye.
1: Bye!